Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In this episode, we're looking at a truly sugar-free barbecue sauce. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge, and I just want to say thank you for being here, participating in this show. I hope you're making lots of great tasty edibles. And it really means a lot that you're dedicating some of your time to listen to me talk about barbecue sauce. So let's get into it. Before I get into the recipe, though, I just want to know, how is your garden growing? Are you growing cannabis this year? Did you listen to the Get High on Your Own Supply Grow Guide episode that I had a few weeks ago from the gents from the High on Homegrown podcast? I'm just curious because I am going to be growing outdoor cannabis for the second time this year myself because it's a fantastic way to make sure you've got lots of product for making edibles, for smoking too, of course, but a lot of the stuff that I've grown will be going, is and has gone into edibles. But I have been having the worst time this year. I'm not really sure why. It's really to do with my seeds because I'm growing from seed. And I have to say when I was growing indoor, I did grow indoor with my husband um, quite a bit in the past. But typically, I think we started from seed way back. But then we once we got going because it was an indoor environment, we were able to use clones. And that's kind of a game changer when it comes to getting things started because you don't have to worry about starting from seed. Of course, sometimes the clones don't make it either, but it's a bit of a simpler process. So I have, I've started seeds now three times this year. I I really don't know what's going on because it's not like I don't know what I'm doing, but the first two batches, just some of them came, the first batch, some of them came up, but they were weak and spindly and none of them really made it past like those first few days of sprouting. And the second batch was abysmal. I don't think anything came up. And I think, or maybe I have a, I think I have it backwards. The second batch, they did come up, but they were like spindly and they, none of them survived. They all looked terrible. It was, it was awful. I think I figured out what I did wrong there, but the first batch, what I think I did wrong was that I planted the seeds just a little bit too, uh, too deep. So when they're just seedlings, you really don't need to plant plant them too deep. And I think I probably did. So they just never managed to do anything. My third batch, I bought, I bought the seeds from the dispensary that I work at. It was a five pack of feminized seeds. And I think it cost me about 55 bucks after tax. That is Canadian dollars, but $55. So, you know, that's like $11 a seed and only one of them came up. I'm like that one seed is now worth $55. So I was pretty disappointed about that because I was very excited um, to just to try something from our store and to have like only one out of five sprout is, you know, not the best result. But I will say that the one that has sprouted and now all my hopes are pretty much riding on this one poor seedling, it is looking very, very healthy. So I'm pretty happy about that at least. Now I have started some more so that hopefully this one little seedling will have some friends in my yard 
but time will tell to see how those go. I just really planted those last night. So it's way too early to tell, but at least I have one. But again, that's like, oh, that's not very many. And at least that one is feminized. So it is going to be a female cannabis plant. The new ones that I planted are not feminized. So I could have all of them sprout and all of them turn out to be male. And that would be a different kind of disappointment. But here we are. So I will say if you are struggling with something similar, don't give up, but do know that autoflower may be an option for you. Cause I was really starting to get worried about how, like if there'd be enough time to grow them, like if I grow these outside, the new ones that I planted to are autoflowers as well. But because the, the nature of the autoflower is they just sort of start to go into flowering a lot earlier. And I think they have a shorter growing season. They might not get as big, but depending on your needs, that may not matter as much. And I'm going to be experimenting with some micro growing at a later point anyway. So I just want to have something outdoors for the summer because I just loved tending to my plants last year. It was something that I looked forward to every day. I had to water them every day, especially when it was really hot. But it was just so nice to go out there and just be amongst the ladies in my garden. It's the best kind of garden you can have. So if you are still still um, looking to grow and you're starting from seed, when you're looking for seeds out there, autoflower is certainly an option because they do have a shorter flowering time. And just consider all your options when you are like the most places when you're buying seeds will let you know sort of how long the whole process is going to take. And that's something you might need to factor in depending on where you live, where you're living, because it might just get a little bit too cool at the end of the summer, like late, late summer, if if depending on, like I said, where you live. So in any case, lots of resources out there. When I talked to Amanda Ryman as well, she had some suggestions and she's working with people to help them grow cannabis outdoors for the first time. So I'll include those links in the show notes to those episodes and some of the resources because um, there's no reason why you can't grow cannabis outdoors. I know I'm having trouble. It seems weird, but I got at least one that's going to be going out in my yard this summer. And at the end of the day, that's all I really need. So let me know, how's your garden growing? Now, this barbecue sauce. So I do have a recipe for barbecue sauce that is a little more traditional that I posted, I think last summer. I have a, a chicken and barbecue uh, recipe that I've used numerous times and then I infused it to try that out. And the barbecue sauce that comes with that recipe is fantastic. But I do believe it called for quite a bit of sugar, like half cup of brown sugar or something, maybe not that much. It's been a while since I made it, so I can't quite remember, but it was significant. And for this last month, my husband and I have been doing the whole 30 along with my sister because we have been not eating that well and it's starting to it's starting to take notice in my body. And for me, I mean, I eat pretty well most of the time, but the sh the sweet tooth was really getting out of control. And I do have a pretty hefty sweet tooth and every so often I just sort of have to like rein it back in. And so I do this type of thing every so often. But I mean, one of my favorite snacks is homemade sourdough bread with butter and lots of honey. <laughs> I eat that probably more than I care to admit. But I mean, that's just one way that my sweet tooth manifests itself. I also may tend to make a lot of sweet edibles, but of course with the edibles, I dose them in such a way where I can usually enjoy, you know, some in moderation, but it also forces me to not eat too many because, well, we all know what will happen if you have to, if you overindulge in edibles. 
But in any case, so I'm doing this whole 30 with my sister and my husband because we've done it before and we've noticed that it does make a difference in like those little aches and pains in your body sometimes that you feel. My husband in particular, my sister noticed big changes when doing it before. And a lot of that's inflammation from the foods that you're eating. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the whole 30, I'll link to it in the show notes as well. Um, it's a program where basically for a month you go without, let me see if I can remember the whole list because it's a lot. You go without um, dairy, gluten, grains, soy, legumes, alcohol, sugar. I think I got them all. Uh, legumes, that means your beans, which also means peanuts. Peanuts are a legume. Soy is in quite a bit of stuff. So no, there's a lot of stuff in, in, or soy is in a lot of things too. However, you can find substitutes. So if you're a big fan of soy sauce or tamari, there's coconut amino aminos that taste exactly like soy sauce, but you can use as a substitute and it's just from coconuts. So that's kind of nice. Um, the sugar, of course, and that means all sugar. That means no honey for me, no maple syrup, Margaret, none of that stuff, no sugar substitutes either. So that, that's why it was important that this particular recipe not have any sugar in it. It does, it is sort of sweetened, but in a different and more unique way. Uh, the no alcohol has been sort of interesting because I do enjoy wine and, but you know, it's always good to give your liver a break. What else? When it comes to grains and legu- or grains and gluten, of course, that means nothing with wheat and grains also includes corn. So you have to, so people often ask after that, the first question is, well, what the hell do you eat? Well, you can eat any vegetable you want. You can eat all the fruits that you want. Fruit juice is allowed, like pure fruit juice, um, meat, eggs, spices, oils, all that kind of thing. So it can be a bit of an adjustment, but because the three of us have all done it before, it wasn't as big of an adjustment as the first time that we did it. And you do start to really feel better, especially after that two week mark. And it's challenging. Yes. Especially if you're like, you know, eating out at restaurants a lot or going to friends houses, but Hey, guess what? Uh, where I am right now, Um, by the time this comes out, it may be nearing the end, but we're in a lockdown order. So there's not really a whole lot of going out to restaurants and going over to friends places for dinner or anything like that. So it's like the kind of the best time to do it. If you're interested in something like that, I will, like I said, I'll post it in the show notes because it is pretty fantastic. There's no cost to this program. Of course, there's all kinds of resources and books and that type of thing that you can buy, but, but, um, you just have to make the commitment to yourself. So I've been feeling a lot better about it, but that is what prompted this particular barbecue sauce because I've been making a lot of spicy mayo and mayonnaise and other like sauces and dips. And sometimes you have to get a little bit creative in how you create them so that you can make, have them follow this particular program. So when I made this barbecue sauce, Chris was calling it a sweet potato paste And while that's not a completely accurate description, it's not that far off because as you may have just guessed, the ingredient that gives it that bit of sweetness is sweet potato. And I thought that was interesting because a lot of recipes that do the sugar-free route will often use dates because dates are very, are very sweet and they are also allowed on the Whole30 program. So you can sort of get away with sweetening things with dates sometimes. But I really like that this one used sweet potatoes because there's so much, there's nutritional value in dates too, but there's a lot of nutritional value in sweet potatoes and they're probably a lot cheaper to buy too. So 
there's that. But that is what makes this particular barbecue sauce a little bit more hands-on. It takes a little bit longer just because you do have to cook the sweet potato. But in the end, it's worth it. When I when I drill down on it further, because Chris did end up eating more of this barbecue sauce than I did, he was sort of joking about the paste part. He said he really liked the flavor of it. It did taste quite a bit, very similar to... I mean, it's not exactly like a a typical barbecue sauce, but it's very close and it's really nice. And you can make it thinner if you want, if you want. And that's probably something I should have done, but I didn't. And so it's a little bit thicker, but it's easy to sort of thin it down. So it's a little more less paste-like and more sauce-like, I guess. The basic, let's see what I need. I did get it out of a Whole30 uh, cookbook that I've had kicking around. I think my sister gave it to me a while ago, but it was a Whole30 slow cooker cookbook that I've had on my shelf for a bit. And you don't have to be doing Whole30 to enjoy any of the recipes in this particular book. But at the back, they have a barbecue sauce recipe. And one of the first things they say is you're going to want ghee or clarified butter, which is basically, if you're not familiar with what ghee is, um, it's basically butter that has been boiled down to remove all the remaining milk fat. And you can buy it in the store and, or you can just make it yourself. I have made it myself a few times and it's pretty easy to do. And it's actually quite sweet. It's it's surprising because you're really doing nothing but removing ingredients, not adding them. And it's uh, it does have a bit of a sweet taste to it, so it's quite nice. Uh, of course, if you don't have ghee on hand and you're not following this particular diet, you could probably also use butter because basically you're using the ghee to cook the onions and roasted garlic. So this particular recipe calls for the roasted garlic. Hopefully you saved those three cloves from last week when you were making the vinaigrette. It also calls for large sweet potato that you're going to peel and cut up into one inch cubes or like, you know, dice it up. A half cup apple cider vinegar. You're going to need tomato paste. It has apple cider vinegar on here twice, which I remember I kind of missed when I made this the first time. So do note that you add some of the apple cider vinegar into the water that you're boiling the potatoes in, which I didn't actually end up doing myself until the end because I realized my mistake a little bit too late. And then you need paprika, salt, and some chipotle powder. And those are going to give it that real barbecue flavor. Now, essentially, you're going to cook your your onions um, until they start to caramelize. And then you're adding your roasted garlic, sweet potato, and apple cider in a medium saucepan. And you're going to cover it with water boil it. Of course, you want your sweet potatoes to be fork tender, nice and soft. And then you reserve the liquid from the pot. Then you add the onion sweet potato into a food processor or a blender. And that's when you add all the rest of the stuff and some of the reserved cooking uh, cooking liquid and you blend. And then this is where you use some of the cooking liquid to reduce it down further. So you get it to the consistency that you like. And they do suggest it should pour sort of like a ketchup. Mine was a bit thicker. So, you know, like I said, it could be maybe a little nicer, but at the end of the day, it didn't really affect the taste by any means. It was really tasty. And then you can refrigerate it. So that's basically it. Again, it does take a little bit more time just because you have to peel and, um, peel and boil the potatoes and you have to caramelize the onions. But once you've done those two things, it makes, I think it says 
two cups. It makes about two cups of barbecue sauce. So really tasty, zero sugar, and there's no artificial sugar, obviously. But what I did end up doing when I wanted to make this recipe is I went all the way through. I'm like, well, what the hell? I don't, how do I add the infusion to it? So essentially what I've done is I did sort of like a precision infusion to it. So I would add a little bit of an infused oil and give it a really good stir. And that's how I did it. Because afterwards I was like, well, you could infuse the ghee if you want it, but because you're cooking it uh, on the stove to caramelize the onions, you do run the risk of reducing the potency because if you if you cook it too high, you're going to destroy the, the cannabinoids in it. So that's probably not the best way to go about it. So I would just add your THC afterwards, after it's all said and done and it's cooled. And honestly, you get more precise dosing that way too, because yes, you can add your own infused olive oil that you've made or whatever oil that you think will complement it nicely. Or you could add a commercially prepared oil. I, I do tend to buy CBD and THC oils from my dispensary too for convenience sometimes. There's those ripple powders out there or the powdered THC that you could add to it. Like there's a whole bunch of different ways you could do it. So this one's a little more unconventional as far as an infused recipe goes, but whatever works is what I say at the end of the day. And sometimes having more control over how you're dosing it is preferable, especially if you have a few different people that are going to be using this particular barbecue sauce and their tolerances vary quite a bit between the the folks that will be enjoying this. So that's always something to keep in mind. And I guess one of the other reasons I chose this particular recipe is I was looking for good barbecue sauce. That was the other thing I was going to say. I was I was looking for other good barbecue sauces, sugar-free ones or sort of Whole30 compliant. Because if you type in Whole30 re- like barbecue sauce recipe, you find ones that are going to fit within that that dietary framework. And a lot of them do use dates, but some of the ones I found called for liquid smoke. And Liquid smoke is not always the easiest thing to find in a grocery store. I did look online a couple of times because I was ordering groceries online and they didn't seem to carry it. I use liquid smoke quite a bit in the vegan restaurant, my daughter's vegan restaurant, actually, when I worked there for a while. And that's something that they add to their barbecue sauce in the restaurant. But I sent Chris out to get some at the grocery store. And of course, he came back empty handed. And then when I looked, uh, you know what, I was just like, if he's having this much trouble finding it, and he's pretty used to my unusual requests sometimes by this point, you know, it just sounds like it's something that maybe I'll pick up at some point. But why worry about it? It's so much easier to go and find a sweet potato and probably a lot healthier. So yes, it might take a little bit longer. But I'm not, uh, you're not having to go out and find specialty ingredients that you might use for this recipe, use a teaspoon of it or whatever the case might be, and then have it sitting in your fridge for three years before you finally decide to throw it out. So, you know, buy the sweet potato, do it this way. And again, if you want a more traditional barbecue sauce that has all the sugar in it and all that stuff, then I'll link to the barbecue sauce recipe, chicken thigh recipe that I made last summer, which is also fantastic. And I think that covers it all for this week, my friends. I hope that you are enjoying the new summer, new summer weather. I hope you're enjoying the weather. I know I have been. It's been getting hot here, which is very exciting. I finally put my pants away in the cupboard and got out the shorts. Ah, I'm so thankful for this weather. And I'm thankful for you guys, too. Thanks for listening. 
Stay high, my friends.